Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to the latest edition of Judd's Hockey Show. We record day, we record night, we record whenever we possibly can. It's Judd and Declan Goff, and um, we were both at the wild Vegas Golden Knights game tonight and felt compelled to record as quickly as possible a 6-5 wild win, uh, both figuratively and Literally, because it was crazy. Third consecutive game, Declan Goff, the Minnesota Wild at home has gone in the third period down by two goals. Um, they they lost in overtime last Thursday to the Blues being down by two, came back and tied it with the goaltender pulled. Saturday night, same thing, score a couple of late goals, including Brodeen, I believe, ties it. On Saturday, Fiala in overtime wins it. This time, the Wild down by two. Fiala pulls them about halfway through the third period pulls them within one, and then the Wild lifts Talbot, puts him back in, and gets a Kaprizov goal to tie it. And so you think, okay, overtime again. Congratulations. That's a nice job. And I believe 26 seconds after uh, Kaprizov got the game-tying goal, Jonas Brodin again with his ninth of the season scores at um, 18.54, and the Wild wins 6-5. to Where do you want to start with a win that I consider – by the way, just to be clear, Saturday night, I thought the Wild didn't play well, became the furious rallies late in that game, and I criticized them because that's not the way that you're going to win a playoff game or series. Tonight, I'd like to be very clear. Don't know what you thought. I was impressed. I thought they played a good game. It might not have been a great game, but they played a good game. They played the Golden Knights incredibly tough, and that comeback to me tonight, was a culmination of a game in which they did work hard. And this, to me, is what the new wild is. Harder workers, uh, better better leaders on the ice. Just overall, tonight's win did not feel like the old school wild at all to me. It wasn't the prettiest of wins, right? Like it wasn't like the most purest of all wins. At the same time, I thought it was, yeah, an entertaining game. I never really felt like the Wild necessarily were lazy in this game. Tam, Cam Talbot didn't have his A game tonight. I think that was pretty clear. Then again, though, Robin Leonard wasn't also yeah. phenomenal either. Um, he was a bit of a head case. For God's sakes, he lost his stick. At that point, Rob, if you lost your stick and the puck isn't all the way down the other end, like don't don't try to get it back. You had it backwards. You looked like a fool. Like Joel Erickson Eck made you look like a fool. And... And not to say that Joel Eriksson is not a good player, because I want to get into that him in just a little bit. But he he, he exposed you, like he's like, oh, the guy's stick, it's backwards. He's, well, he's his out teammate of, he's tried out of to fun. get it to him, and then he 
fumbled it. But what yeah. I don't get is um, the, the Golden Knights had every chance to ice that puck and, like, stop play so that the goaltender could go skate and pick up a stick. And they tried to chip it out. Like, what are you doing? Don't try and make an offensive play there. Just ice yeah. the puck, get the whistle. The the stick decks was in the, the circle to the left of the goaltender, well away. Like, that was a problem. Just mm-hmm. ice the puck. We can definitely talk about this. The Golden Knights, I don't care who they play, are susceptible. Yep. Like, they are defensively. Mm-hmm. They have shortcomings. They're yes. an impressive offensive group. Uh, but they are the exact type of team that gets bounced from the playoffs. They are the poster child for being bounced from the playoffs. Their defensive irresponsibility is going to bite them in the ass. Three players stood out to me tonight um, from what I what I saw. Obviously, Kirill Kaprizov. Again, just the heroics tying the game up. Phenomenal play. I thought Joel Eriksson-Eck also had another very quietly strong game. Now up to, I believe, 18 goals on the season. That's one more than Brock Besser. For all this talk about yeah. about Joel Eriksson-Eck being compared to right. Brock Besser, right now he has more goals. It's by one. And you could probably make a case that, look, Brock Besser's maybe a more offensively gifted player. But I can tell you right now, Brock Besser isn't the defensive player that Joel Eriksson-Eck is. And I know they play extremely different positions so that, 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 that can skew the perception at the same time. Joel Eriksson-Eck is having a phenomenal year. And right. then third is Kevin Fiala. Um, and Fiala scoring the goal that made it a one-goal game. Almost... Didn't clean up his own rebound, but then was able to find it, find the back of the net, and and he was playing with two players who he has no business playing with, in my opinion, in Ryan Hartman and Victor Rask. And you know what? I'll give Victor Rask credit tonight. Mm-hmm. Victor Rask was not a complete das- disaster, like we've always been saying for the last few weeks. Victor Rask was all right. I'm not going to say he had a strong game, but if he hasn't having a noticeably bad game, which is who Victor Rask is, I can say, all right, Victor Rask, you, you pulled it off. You did a pretty damn good job tonight. But... Grouping Kaprizov, Fiala, and Ekin together, Judd. Three guys who are 25 years old, under under the age of 25 years old. Three guys who are basically, right now, your pillars of what you're building here in Minnesota. You know, like, we know Kaprizov is a special player. Kevin Fiala is dynamic, but he's definitely still a flawed player, even as much as, much as I like him a lot. And mm-hmm. you have Joel Eriksson, who has now blossomed and stepped up from not just a, ooh, a nice defensive forward who can play the penalty kill to a guy who is now knocking on the door of 20 goals in a shortened, game, a shortened truncated season. Mm-hmm. These three players they are your now core offensive players. You know, and, and I think I, the, the sky is not necessarily the limit for them, but I feel as a Wild fan after watching Coyle, Nino, Granlin, Zucker, the yeah. same age, the same group, go through similar stretches, right? Like, and similar individual production seasons where they, they looked strong, right? They had 20 goal seasons, looked like these were the guys to build your building block and your supplemental core around Parisi and Suter. Mm-hmm. Now that Parisi and Suter are older, and mostly Parisi being a role player, I think I can look at these three players and be satisfied that these aren't your supplemental players, these are your core players, and now you need to supplement your roster around them and what they did tonight against the las vegas golden knights a playoff team a team that could have home ice advantage throughout the throughout a a good chunk of the nhl playoffs they were the ones who helped the wild get here tonight it wasn't their goaltending um special teams if anything the referee it seemed like the wild were playing two teams tonight the referees and the golden knights the refs had a bad night horrible night kaprizov fiala and Eck. in my opinion i thought they led the way i really thought they led the way tonight and and it's and it's an exciting time to see it as a wild fan so I will give Talbot credit for the third period. I thought he played well. The first two, he was 
he was shaky for essentially at least a second consecutive game. And the third, I thought he settled down and made some nice saves. So I'll give him credit there. But there's a couple things that there's a couple directions in which you went that I think are worth exploring decks. First of all, the refs. The refs were not good. The refs had a bad night. Um, we could argue the debate and Talbot afterwards torched the officials for not yeah, calling for, for not calling in- interference um, on that first goal. And then they gave the Golden Knights a power play and the Golden Knights scored. And Cam's point was, I have no idea what the rule is, which is sort of funny because if you go back, it's essentially the same stuff that Dubnik used to say too. And I appreciate the frustration of the goaltenders in not like from game to game, you don't know what Toronto is going to call a goal and what they're not going to. So I get that totally. Uh, but Everson brought this up about Talbot and it's very true. And I think it's a direction that we should go off this game. And that is Cam was upset. Cam was miffed. Cam addressed it with the officials. And then it was done and he didn't allow it to affect his entire game. Like it didn't, it, it didn't permeate the rest of that game where he sulked or was mad or was yelling. Um, and that's an important direction to go because tonight as well, Jared Spurgeon, who ordinarily, I mean, is as steady as it probably gets turned over the puck. It resulted in a golden Knights goal and it was awful. And you know what he did? He came right back, and and he he got a deflection from Benino, and he came back and played well, two assists. And I want to wrap this up with the guy I just talked about, two goals tonight and an assist, Nick Benino. okay? This, to me, like there's a lot of reasons why this team is different. Goaltending's really good, right? Goaltending is, is, is totally changed. For the most part, you've got two goaltenders that you don't expect to be sieves. That's important. No, not a lot of weird goals. Um, Kaprizov, he's he is one a right. I, he scored. He scored the goal tonight to tie that game. Um, and I would challenge you to name the amount of players in this team's history who could have scored that goal. Gabrick could have. Fiala actually, I think, can as I think, well. Yeah. But like, if you go back, and I'm not saying no nobody who's worn the wild sweater can score that goal, but I am saying I think we could probably pick them out on one hand at that point in a game with that pressure. Um, but what Benino has done from a leadership standpoint, he's got two cups. So does Cole. But Nick Benino is such a key acquisition because I really believe that he sets a tempo for this team in games like this. I also think, like, he's a good quote, and I think he he's a no BS guy, and he gives us quotes. But I'm pretty certain, just total guess here, Dex, I'm pretty certain after that game against the Blues where the Wild came back and won in OT Saturday, Nick Benino said, boys, we can't do this. Like, this is not how you win a cup. Like this whole thing of, well, we're late in the game and we're down by two. Let's rally. That's Now, tonight's different because tonight I actually thought that they played harder and that they worked and that things began to gel. And they and in that sense, they deserved the luck that they probably got. But if you think about the different ingredients of how this team feels now, right? And like tonight, it's like watching a different franchise. Like think, Dex, think about how often – we saw games like tonight, and the Wild would have been PO'd at the officials the entire game, right? They would have been 
moaning and and more and they would have been in the official's face about how they were being screwed and the goaltender would have had an excuse for you know that wasn't my fault i what am i supposed to do right like you think about all these things and yes kaprizov is the most important player but all of the bs that has been removed with this franchise and a game like tonight is a game that i don't think this team previously in the last I don't know, take your pick, five years more, has had the ingredients to play. That's what impressed me. Because you're right. It certainly was not perfection, and it was not beauty. But it was effective. They worked hard. And I just love the fact of the guys who set the tempo for this team. You know, I, I don't love that Kevin Fiala plays next to someone like Nick Benino and Victor Rask. I don't love that. But I do love someone like Nick Benino maybe being in Kevin Fiala's ear of showing him how to win and showing him oh, yeah. how to be accountable. And, you know, Benito had a really strong game. Tonight. I think three points. And then even what I even loved, the, the literally the last shot of the game, and I didn't think the Vegas Knights player had a good shot of scoring that goal, but Benino selling out, literally selling out, because it's the one thing in hockey where you say sell out, it means it's a good thing, going on all oh, yeah. fours to block that last shot as as the puck hits him buzzer goes off the wild wind like he doesn't have he doesn't have to dive after that puck he doesn't he doesn't have to go after it but he knows that you know what if I don't at least try I'm gonna I'm gonna at least give it my all and see where it goes from there I I think he of all the players that they have brought in these free agents and and Cole included via trade he's the one I want back the most um at first I I think I said two months ago I was like you know I don't think I really want any of these guys back you know I know the wild are having a nice season but you don't need to commit long-term or commit more past these guys. I think Benino's the one guy you bring back. Um, and by the way, I don't think Benino's someone, too. I think it kind of reminds me of the Ryan Hartman recent contract extension. Nick Nick Benino wants to walk. If Nick Benino wants to go try to chase another cup or, or, or go to some other situation where he can maybe make a couple couple more million bucks in the last, last part of his career, he's won two cups, right? Like It's not like he needs to go chase another one. Right. But if he wants to stick around here for the right term and for the right culture setting that I think Bill Guerin and him are obviously very, very close going back to their days in Pittsburgh, yep. I want him on this team. Yep. I think what, what, he, what him and Fiala, or excuse me, what him and Felino bring mostly off the ice is humongous for this team they did not have that culture setters those culture setters in that room in the previous guys Stahl and Koivu were good players they were good players mm-hmm. um they were good quotes even especially Stahl Stahl was a, Stahl would be someone yeah, that was, was so much Koivu, not so much but Stahl was a good quote yeah. at the same time I don't know if if by that point in his career because Eric Stahl also won a cup and was an instrumental part of the Carolina Hurricanes organization for a very long time before arriving in Minnesota I'm not saying he was checked out by the time he got here, but I just think he was comfortable, right? Like, I, I just think that you, you oh, knew yes. that, That's great. that yeah. at this point, look, I, I'm probably a Hall of Fame player. I've, I've built a Hall of Fame resume, I should say. I've won a cup before. I'm coming off this weird year where I got traded to New York for the first time and left Carolina, and I just got paid th- for a three-year contract. I'm good. Like, I'll lead by example, and I'll lead. I'm not going to shut off, but, I'll, but I'm, I'm comfortable and I'm okay. I think someone like Nick Benino is in here, and he's like, no, no, no. Yeah, I've won two cups before. I know I'm not necessarily a Hall of Fame player, but we're gonna we're gonna bust ass every single night, and I'm I'm also gonna we're gonna hold the people in this room accountable. And I think guys like him and Felino mean so much more than just what they do in a box score. And think about how long it took to get there. They, think about because I think Stall I think Stall fell victim to what was the problem for so long, which was comfort and entitlement. Right? 
Like I'm, I'm good. I belong here. And all the guys are nice around here. And I love, you know, my family loves it here and I'm comfortable here. Nick Benino is never comfortable. Watch him play, watch him talk. I mean, he's, he's a good quote and he's a smart guy, but he never looks happy. Like he never looks satisfied because he's not because he's won two cups and winning a cup is a pain in the butt. Like it takes months of work and to get there takes a ton of work and it's a grind and it's no fun. And if, and if, Going to uh, picnics with your teammates and being in Minnesota, because I love the summers when my kids can run around and they can skid on a rink I made for, for them in Edina. If that's your goal, Nick Benino wants nothing to do with you. And and it's not a mistake, too. And I will say this, and because I've seen it twice now. And if you think that I'm a big fan of this guy, you are right. I, I love I love guys who are wired like this. Uh, when Benino Dex was put on the Parisi Sturm line, that fourth line, Parisi's play kicked up. Okay, that was not a mistake. Did you notice the la- Did you notice tonight at times Victor Rask looked pretty good? Yeah. You know why? Because I think Nick says, "Here's what we're gonna do." I might not be able to do it. I might not be the most talented player, but here's but there's an accountability. Um, in the mid '80s. So there, there was a guy from uh, St. Paul Harding High School, Paul Holmgren, yeah, who who was a longtime flyer, and he was a really good player. Yep. Uh, but he he played he played like Zach does, and he played like Benino does, and so by by the time we got to about eighty three, eighty four ish or so, he was broken down physically. He was a mess. Okay. But Louis traded for him because the North Stars teams of that time had the same problem that. The wild teams have had, which is a lot of talented guys who are really comfortable. Hey, I'm comfortable here. And Holmgren came in and he was broken down physically, Dex, but he came in and I'll never forget um, what one of the first games I went to after they acquired him. I looked at the bench and it was just during the course of a just a play like nothing special. And the entire bench is standing up leaning against the boards like into the game. And that was dri- that was driven by Paul, like anything Paul did. They wanted to do, and Benino has that quality. Like I think he can. I think he can look sideways at a Rask and a Rask because Rask, if he applies himself, can be okay. Like half the time, I think he does not apply himself, which frustrates me. Um, but I think a guy like Nick can look at Victor and say, "Victor, here's what we're doing right now, and we're doing it." And it takes. And this is where I always had a gripe with Koivu. Koivu in his prime, you're right, was a good player. Like, there's no doubt about it. Go back and watch him. He was a good player, but he was never a leader. And he was never the type of guy that I felt his his teammates said, oh, my God, Miko's doing this, so we should, right? It was always the, he's a stoic guy. Well, what does that mean? <laughs> so a guy like Felino, Benino, and Cole, I think that they are guys that teammates will go through walls for. And that's an intangible that you can't teach. That's not something that you can announce, I am that guy. You either have it or you don't. Um, but that's why I found tonight's game to be so intriguing because it wasn't sexy. It wasn't pretty. It was fun, and it was like a playoff game, but it was driven by elements that just went beyond Kaprizov's star power. Yep. I I was I was a little surprised they were able to do this again. Um, 
I thought, yeah, they weren't out of the game going to the third period, but I mean, I mean, this is now, is this the third time in a row they've overcome a, a second, a, a two-goal two yes. deficit after two periods, or at least a two-goal deficit, yes. and have at least forced in overtime but, or, or, have, or have scored to tie it going, going or win the game in regulation? It's the third consecutive game, but to me it's the first one where I thought that, where I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Saturday, I was, the Fiala goal impressed me, but that performance did not. Right. Tonight impressed me. So tonight, tonight's an inspiring performance. Tonight, tonight's the kind of night where you said, okay, you definitely are not going to be putting yourselves in two goal deficits multiple times and expect to win a lot of games because you're not going to be able to do that. I know that, and the Wild now have gotten, um, they've won two of those games. They got a point in the first one for forcing overtime. But if if you can take advantage of this, and if if you can use this momentum going into the playoffs, this is good. I mean, you're going to see the Knights one more time tomorrow. Um, you still got a few more games left against some lowly teams and you got St. Louis still, I believe on the schedule. So it's not completely over. Um, but tomorrow you can really send a message. I think to Las Vegas that if, if it is Vegas and right now it looks like it's going to be a coin flip. I really don't know if you can really say confidently if it's going to be Vegas or Colorado, who you line up with in the playoffs right now, it's a coin flip. Um, it's it, the Wilder right now fighting for home ice advantage, possibly in the first round of a playoff series. They're tied right now with Colorado. I know the Avalanche are playing as we're recording this late right now. So we'll figure out tomorrow where the standings shake out and Colorado will still have a game in hand against Minnesota when the sun wakes up or Wednesday or from Tuesday, Tuesday morning. But right now I, I feel pretty confident going into a playoff series against Las Vegas. Like if they get Vegas, I, I think the wild can absolutely steal it. I think that not, not just steal it, but dominate it. Yep. Um, I really do. And, and be, and you mentioned it earlier in the pod, they have goaltending that can definitely steal like Leonard and, and or flurry can mm-hmm. steal them a game. 100%. Mm-hmm. They can have a poor performance and the, and those two goaltenders you feel com- comfortable with are going to steal you a game, but their defense is weak. They, mm-hmm. they, they, they're they're It's almost the opposite of Colorado. I don't trust Colorado's goaltending, but I know their defense is good. Right, like it, it's it's kind of the polar opposite, and and they have great depth offensively. The Vegas Knights are are a, are a scary team up top, but I think you can absolutely expose them defensively, and you can rattle guys like you can rattle someone like Leonard. And this is a good sign if you're the Wild. I think this was a good good performance going into the playoffs because I think it says we're not just a cute team that popped up and clinched a playoff spot early. I think it says that we're we're going to compete and we're going to win a playoff series or two and look out. So as we record this right now, and it is 11.40 p.m. as we do, the Avs are down 4-2 to the Sharks in the third period. Uh, Just to go through the standings, it's Vegas 51 games played, 74 points atop the West. Colorado, to what you just said, right now 49 games played, 70 points. So in second place by the time their game against the Sharks gets done, and, and as I said, they're down by two goals right now, they'll be at 50 games. The Wild, 51 games, 70 points. And the Blues, who won tonight, 50 games, 55 points. So they, they are locked into fourth. But the scary thing about them is they could be a real pain in the butt in the playoffs. Um, I still think that the at the very least, if you are the Wild and you can get home ice against the Avs because of that last change, it is huge. Um I also think that, and we saw this tonight, I know it's 3,000 fans being allowed into the X right now, Declan, but they made a difference. They yes. were loud. They were all over the officials, rightfully so. It was fun. 
Um, but they made noise. And, and I think if you can keep yourself out of having to play in Colorado uh, for what, games one, two, five, and seven, mm-hmm. I believe, mm-hmm. um, and those games are at the X, and you get the last change, I don't love your chances against the Avs, but I, in fairness, also don't hate them. Yeah. I, I think this is the Wild could still get first place in the West right now. I mean, they, they really could. They're only four points back. I know they're, Colorado has a game and games in hand here, and I believe they get the majority of their remaining schedule against the California team. So theoretically, you know, they should be able to make hay. But then again, you know, the weird things happen in hockey right now, and they're losing to a Sharks team who has, who has really just hit a complete wall in, in, in the last month of the season here. Um, yeah. So I, I'm confident going into the playoffs right now. Like b- before I said, well, I don't really want to play Colorado. Like a month ago this time, I said, I don't want to play Colorado. I think you'd lose in five. I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I think it'd be a disaster. Get Vegas. It could be fun. It could be a, a competitive possible seven game series and you match up better with them and you give them fits. And this could be a fun thing. I think if they get Colorado or Vegas, now I'm, I'm, I feel comfortable. They're different teams. They're certainly different teams. They're yes. built extremely different, and they're vulnerable at different areas. But if the Wild, the mission right now should be get home, get home ice because three thousand yep. fans a night, three thousand fans, which you know the X can hold eighteen thousand. I'm, uh, you know, so I'm not. That, that's like what twenty five to thirty three percent of capacity, and they they were a refs you suck chant blew out tonight. They were applauding every time the refs actually made a, 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 a an offsides call, which was great. That was um, you saw the oohs and ahs just in just in offensive zone fun funness. Watching Kirill Kaprizov dangle around, like you can tell that there's absolutely a different edge here with when when they're even back at home. And I think that's the mission: get home ice advantage. Absolutely, get home ice advantage. This is going to sound weird, but right now, I think the team, if I'm the Wild. In this division, I think the team I fear the most, just to, throughout the course of the entire thing, of the four te- or, or of, of the three teams besides me that are, are going to make the playoffs, the Blues. Mm-hmm. I really think the Blues are going to be the hardest out. I, I think that if Bennington gets hot, their yeah. their defensemen are big and they're tough and responsible. The Blues have skill. I think the Blues are actually of the three teams right now, Vegas. The abs, and I, I know it sounds nuts, but I'm not convinced the abs are completely back from, from their COVID scare and all. You know, yeah, they missed a lot of time. That. I think Dubnik went on the COVID list. I saw a note today. So, like, they've had a lot of problems there. I think with the way that they're going and the way that they're built, the Blues are actually the toughest team. Yeah. Which, all, which sounds nuts. but No, no, no. I don't think it's nuts because, number one, they have size. And I think in the playoffs, that does matter. Like, it, it, I'm not trying to say where you finish in the standings doesn't necessarily matter because you can get a tough draw. But they have size. They have guys like Perron and your guy Ryan O'Reilly and Tarasenko. Who, like, they, have, they have basically all the ingredients. It is, I think it does ride on Bennington. If, can Bennington get hot? Can Bennington snap out of his funk? This season, I think he's just been a, mostly a disaster. He's been a disappointment. I won't say a disaster. He's been yeah. a disappointment. Up until and, now. Yeah. Like so he's started turning around. If, if he figures out his game, look out. Because I, I like their, sky, their size and their physicality and the way they play, that's sustainable. It's not sexy, right? Like, it's not a sexy way to play. No. They won't score five. Like, tonight, they're not going to score five or six goals and beat you. That's not how they're going to win a hockey game consistently. They're going to they're gonna beat you three to one. And they're going to pound the hell out of you. 
And that that's how they're going to be able to win games. And, and the Wild honestly should scare that. The Wild are not big. The Wild are not a physical team. So they could absolutely get bullied around. Yep. And honestly, for the most part, they've given the Wild, I think, the most fits. And that starts with one thing. Kaprizov, they hit him every chance they get. The Golden Knights did not do not do as nearly as good of a job. And and the gold the Kaprizov scored tonight in the third period decks to tie that score. The Blues didn't give him that time or space. Like that was a great play, but that was classic Kaprizov. The Blues, if you go back and watch, they they ordinarily now they, they've not done this all year, but I thought in the three games that they just got done playing the Wild at the X, the Blues didn't give him that time and space. They, they took him out, which is really smart, which is uh, an absolute necessity to beat the Wild. But yeah, I just it's funny. Vegas, the way they play doesn't necessarily correspond to what I would expect. Like, I would expect that they beat you up more. I, I would expect defensively that they would be solid. I was amazed by the chances in the slot that they gave up to tonight. I mean, there was defensive irresponsibility right and left. And to the, the Wilds' credit, they took advantage. But, um, yeah, and here's the here's my, my last thing, Caprizov, mm-hmm. okay? How much fun is that building going to be? next season when hopefully we have 18,000 plus yeah. fans watching that guy play. Um, and you're, you're, you're guy Fiala too, but I can't imagine how much fun that's going to be next year when that building is packed. And this guy, I mean, he, there's times he just puts on a show. Yep. The, the roof would have blown off if he, yeah. but if it was at 18,000, the roof would have exploded. There would have been noise complaints in the surrounding condo areas at the suits living near downtown on West Kellogg and West 7th Street, um, hearing that boom that would go off at the Exxon Energy Center. That that would have been awesome to see. Yes, I would have loved, loved, loved uh, to have 18,000 fans in there for, for the arena tonight. Quickly, um, in the in the West of it, West Division, just in these other two teams in Colorado and Vegas, who and, and maybe even take out who the Wild are playing. Who, who do you think is more vulnerable to getting bounced quickly, Colorado or Vegas? Like it, when you When you really look at it, who would be the one team that you wouldn't be su- surprised if they did lose a game and a series in five and were just gone, at Vegas. least right now? Vegas. Vegas. I just don't – I like them a lot, mm-hmm. but I don't know that – I don't know that what we're seeing right now is built for the playoffs. The Avs, I think, are going to – I think the Avs are going to be okay. Um, I'm a little bit hesitant with them because of what you've talked about so much. They're shaky goaltending at times. If Grubauer, though, gets righted and he can start, I mean, they do have – they've got some high-end skill that can just beat you. Vegas has some skill, but, I mean, when you play like they, like they have in their own zone, that is a recipe for defeats. And keep in mind, too, um, the Wild has now beaten the Golden Knights five consecutive games. Yep. Like, they've won five consecutive games, and I know that the playoffs are different, and I know it gets tougher, and I know things change, and I know that things tighten up for sure. I get all of that, but I just have a feeling, if if I was to handicap the teams outside of the wild in that division who could go out the quickest, I would say one, Vegas. I actually think two is the Avs now, and three, the Blues. I think the Blues, I think the Blues, if the Blues continue to play like what I've seen, I think that whole game comes together for a playoff series really well. Yeah. So if the Blues play the Golden Knights, I'm going to pick the Blues. Yeah. Wouldn't be a bad bet right now. It probably wouldn't be a bad bet. I would be curious to see how they would would match up with them. 
I, I, I think my, guy, I think my money might R-O-R, be on Vegas too. R-O-R, yeah, your guy, R-O-R, baby. And, and he's a playoff machine. And that that that's just someone too who again with the it's not just like look Benino's a great leader, but he can only do so much on the ice. Correct. Right. Ryan yeah. O'Reilly has both of those intangibles. Yes. Like like the insane hey, I this is how we're gonna do it. And yes, I can do it both ways, but I need a buy-in from every single and and I that's why they made their run. And that's also like Tarasenko can ghost. Like Tarasenko can go. Hey, sure. I like you won't see me again for a week. I'm just gonna be skating around here and yep. shooting some pucks off target. And I yep. think Ryan O'Reilly's in, like influence on Tarasenko is huge because like yeah, Tarasenko still will go off go off the go off the reservation for there for a little bit, but it mostly right. him his influence on someone like Tarasenko prior to his arrival there. Like Tarasenko, I don't think really cared, and he needed someone like that. And he drove me. So in the, the series where the Blues beat the Wild, is that four years ago now or yeah. five years ago four. now? Tarasenko would have. I, I said the exact same thing. He would have a game or two where you watched him and you were like, "Oh my goodness, I this know. is a elite talent." And the next game, you wouldn't notice him, and it drove me crazy because I'm like, "Dude, now." And and that's what I love about Kaprizov. Kaprizov constantly works. Yep. Like he gets frustrated and he gets taken out of games at times, but it's not because he does not care. Tarasenko just like is like, oh, okay, I'm done here. Mm-hmm. And and the the comparison that I would make is O'Reilly is a poor man's probably in fairness, Messier. And he reminds me a lot of in his prime Getzloff. Because Ryan Getzloff That's of the Ducks in his prime That's a good one. was an SOB, and he <laughs> yeah. was talented too. I yeah. mean, because your your Benino thing is exactly right. Like he can only do so much. Yeah, like he's he's going to lead and he's going to work. He is a role player, but he's a role player, right? Exactly. Yeah, right. He's, yeah. he's a wing at times, and he's a center at times. And um, O'Reilly and and Getzloff in their primes are like, nope. Here's what we're doing, and yeah. I'm and 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 in in fact, I'm going to end the game now. Yeah, the and Getzlaff, those guys are elite. The Getzlaff one's dead on. He is. He's this era's Ryan Getzlaff. I think that's a pretty damn good comparison. That sounds accurate. Final thoughts? You good? Uh, final thoughts? I'm mostly good. Anyone who's watching right now, um, by the way, thank you. Uh, we, we, Judd and I, have been pumping out some wild content, and also we'll, we'll be. We have some fun stuff lined up for the postseason. We're still hashing out our details there, but at the same time, we'll, we'll most likely be. Uh, well, well, we have some things behind the scenes that we're excited to share for you as soon as we get close to the playoffs here, which are about two weeks away. I mean, the playoffs should be starting here in about two weeks from this time. Um, and hit, so hit that subscribe button. If you don't want to miss any wild content, hit our subscribe button on Score North MN. We'll be live on this YouTube channel, most likely after every playoff game for the wild. And if things go right, we're hopefully uh, not just going to do four of them. We're hoping to do double digits or more and possibly see if this team can make a run. So if you want more Kirill Kaprizov content, if you want more of me, uh, going on soapboxes about Kevin Fiala. If you want to hear Judd talk about how much he loves Ryan O'Reilly, even if you're a St. Louis Blues fan and you want more Minnesota Wild Ryan O'Reilly talk, subscribe to our Score North MN channel. And also you can find us on Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, Judd's Hockey Show feed, and the Mackie and Judd feed. So two podcast feeds. Can't miss it. And we're also visually here on YouTube as well. Stay to hockey, baby. Say your thing. Pass, shoot, score. He knows he once ate an entire sheet cake. He knows your selfie life isn't your real life. He knows what goes down on the DMs. Shouldn't you know your dog better? Now you can learn his inner secrets with Embark, the highest-rated dog DNA test. Unlocking over 350 breeds and screening for over 215 genetic health risks. 
Go to EmbarkVet.com and use promo code DNA, that's DNA, to get $60 off an Embark Breed and Health Kit or Purebred Kit with free shipping. That's promo code DNA to save today.